Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Isn't that an awesome story? Good to hear. I love it. Well, welcome to Soul City Church. Uh, my name is Jarrett. And I am Jeannie. And we are so glad that you are here. You, those of you who are here in person, you battled the elements to get here. Yes, you did. You probably swam here to get here. So <laughs> we're so glad that you're here. And if you're worshiping with us online, we're so glad that you carved uh, out this time to connect with God and to connect with others like this. It's a really special thing. And I, I don't know about you, but I just, I love when I hear stories like mm-hmm. Natalie's story. I love the way she told it too. It's so beautiful the way she told it. Because her story is like so many stories of so many folks here at Soul City. She found herself in the middle of this big, big, big city filled with curiosity, even some doubts, some questions around faith, wanting to find some good people in a safe space to, to ask some of her big questions, wondering if when she asked those questions, if she'd be met with judgment or were some sort of simplistic religious answer that doesn't speak to the deeper questions of life. And I love that what she found was a friend mm-hmm. in Allie, and that friend Allie found the courage to invite her to just join her, to be with her at Alpha. And there at Alpha, she found acceptance, she found connection, kind of a, a common desire with other folks to, to share what was going on in their lives, to share the deeper things of life with each other. Basically, what, what Natalie is to, to me is like a, a living example of some of what we're going to be talking about today is that when you... When you really care about something, you really want to share that thing. When yeah. you care, you want to share. It's true. And, and you know, we, we don't always get to uh, team teach with one another. We love doing it. Um, and we did not plan to both wear flowers today. Um, but Can't teach this. Uh, Can't one, teach of the this. Things, one of the things that we do love every time that we get to, to be with you, Soul City, together is the opportunity to just say thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the ways that you share what God is doing in your life. Um, you are such a beautiful picture of, of not hoarding what God is doing, but sharing what God is doing. Um, and you know, our, our deepest prayer uh, is that that would be true of this church over and over and over again. And some of the ways that you do that most consistently is how you share your resources. Uh, and I think one of the most beautiful pictures about giving to a local church is that it is perhaps one of the best returns on investment. Uh, because what happens is that it, it changes people's lives like Natalie's. Like the giving at this church changed somebody like Natalie's life. And every single time it changes our lives too. Yeah. That's what's so powerful about trusting God with our resources. And you know, just this last week, I was having one of those moments. Uh, I was going through our mint.com and I was feeling some, some pressure about our finances. We have two uh, like students in high school and they have a lot of needs. Um, got, they're both in sports. Yeah. They both have a lot of things that it's they need really for those sports. And, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was just kind of like ticking through our different expenses and, you know, looking at things and I was feeling some anxiety. I was feeling some pressure. And then I got to the place where I saw our giving to Soul City Church. And I just had this moment where I paused and I was like, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this reminder that you always, always have taken care of us, and it's why we choose to take care of others. What you have entrusted to us, you've invited us to entrust 
to you. And so to those of you that give here, thank you. Thank you for the ways that you entrust what God has given to you back to what God is doing in and through this church. And, uh, you know, for those of you that are new around here, let me be clear, we are not about your money, <laughs> right, right at the top of this. We don't want your money. Uh, we care about your heart. And those of you that this is your church, this is your home, um, I know what it does to me to be a part of what God is doing here, faithfully giving, and I long for that to be true in your life. So I encourage you, uh, if, if this is your home, if this is a place where God is moving in your life, to be a part of what God is doing here through giving. Jarrett and I do it online. Uh, it's, it helps us be uh, consistent in our giving. So many others around here do the same, uh, but we just wanna say thank you, and thank you for the ways that you entrust what God has given to you to what God is doing through this church. Yeah, and we're gonna actually invite uh, folks to give right now. Did you already mention that? I did not. Yeah. Our, our host team is gonna come. They're gonna pass these really fancy uh, plastic buckets. Uh, I think there's a, yeah, a link online real, if you wanna set it up online. professional operation yes, we got yes, going on absolutely. here, Gene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want you to have the opportunity to do what Jeannie was just talking about, to be a part of what God is doing, to invest in stories like Natalie's uh, story. So thank you, thank you again for those of you who give, uh, whether it's here in this room or whether it's online uh, as well. We are so thrilled to be kicking off a brand new uh, teaching series. Like Jeannie said, we get to team teach it, and we're going to be teaching over the next couple weeks a new series called Making Room. For the next few weeks, Jeannie and I are going to be unpacking how we clear the clutter in our lives to make room for what it is that matters most. Just quick show of hands as you're passing the buckets. Who here would say your life feels a little cluttered these days? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, pretty much all of our lives feel cluttered, feel full, and so we wanna actually make room for what matters most, specifically in a relationship with God. Now, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was telling Jeannie, I came across something that I'd, I'd never seen before, and it's like one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it, and it's possible that your life is forever changed because of it. Have you ever had that where you, you saw something, you're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen it that way before. Or you saw someone do something, you're like, I will never do that the same again. They unlocked the next level of my life for me. And I came across something like that that absolutely, I think, has fundamentally changed my life. And I saw it in the place where all of life's uh, mysteries are solved, and that's on TikTok. <laughs> and I saw someone take a otter pop or a flavor ice, maybe that's what you grew up calling it, and show the proper way to open it. Now, I, I want to see if I can get this going here. I brought one with me, and as a kid, I would like chew on it, right, to try and get it open, and it would, then I'd get like frostbite on my lips, and it would never work right. Then you'd have to get the scissors out, and you lose some of it, and then I saw someone on TikTok, and they just went... Unreal. Try it again. Try it again. Unreal. This happened at the nine, and we swore it would not happen at the 11. Let's see. Hey! Thank you, Elmer. Thank you. You're a real one. Uh, this is a game changer. Now, now I have two of these for sure. Here you go, Jenny. Hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you sure. <laughs> I wish, I, I want my childhood back now because I never knew this. And here's the other thing. Here, you can have a nice half-melted water pop. <laughs> here's another thing. How many of you grew up with juice boxes as a kid? Are you still a fan of the juice box today? I saw this on TikTok as well. Again, all of life's questions are answered. Now, when you do a, a, a juice box, you know that you kind of do the flexi part 
that goes in your mouth and then you put the rest in. But I saw someone on TikTok a couple weeks ago put the flexi part in like this. Now you go, wait a second, that's blasphemous. Why would you do such a thing? Here's why. Because with that little flexi part, you get all the way into the corners. And you can drink every last drop of that sweet, sweet apple juice. Yo, this is life-changing stuff. I feel like you are not reacting properly. Some of y'all came here to hear about God and you got this too. This is some life-changing stuff. I will never be the same after seeing both of those things. The gift that keeps on giving. Jared and I are going to have a long conversation about his use of TikTok and the amount of time that is spent on it. Uh, but here's the thing. Listen, uh, probably not an Otter Pop changed your life. Probably not a juice box changed your life. But there probably has been a person in your life, a person in your life that unlocked something for you, that changed something for you. You never saw things the same way because of that person. They, maybe they gave you an opportunity, right? They gave you an opportunity to, to use your gifts or, or they saw something in you and said, I see this in you. They believed in you. They made room to make your life better. I bet this is true for every single one of us. You know, we have this uh, book that sits on our uh, kitchen table and um, it, it says 3,000 questions about me. And at dinner time uh, each night, we, we either spend some time talking about things we're grateful for, we spend time, you know, just kind of connecting with one another. Sometimes uh, one of us will grab the book and open it up to a random question. And so a few days ago, Elijah opened up the book opened it up to this question, and he asked us all, who or what have been some of your greatest teachers? Now, both instantly, I, I mean, we both kind of, a, I, we like looked at each other, and we kind of like got excited because we were like, oh, this is an opportunity where our children are going to bless yeah. us. That's easy. <laughs> they're going to tell us how much we mean yeah. to them. Yeah. All the ways we've sacrificed yeah. and poured ourselves out for them. Yes. Neither of them no, did it. No, not even Neither close. Neither of even them did it. Crossed right? their minds. Didn't even cross their no, mind. Yeah. No. So, so we jumped in, and, and you yeah, started. I shared, I, yeah, mine was a little bit of a different answer than I thought I was going to say. I said failure for me was one of the greatest teachers. Every time I've had a great failure in my life, it's opened up. It's taught me something new about myself, and that's been a huge teacher for me. Yeah, and I talked about how mistakes uh, made in my life uh, have been literally some of the best lessons that I never went looking for. And then we all started going around the table and we started naming different people that have made a difference in our lives, different people that made room for our growth or for our learning or for our transformation. And the thing is that we all have these people, don't we? We have people in our lives who God used to help us become more of who God created us to be. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way before, but it's a powerful question to consider who would you be today if others hadn't shown you the way? Hmm. Like, who would you legitimately be today if others hadn't stepped in your life to show you the way? Um, if they hadn't made room? I mean, have you ever stopped to think about all the people that God brought into your life, that God used in your life to just help you get to where you are today. Yeah. 
to who you are today. And here's the real question. What if God might want to use you Mm. in that same way with somebody else? Mm. What would it look like for you to be the someone that makes room for others? The same way someone made room for you. That's what we're going to look at for the next few moments together, uh, how, how we do that, how we make room for others in the same way that others have made room for us. And we're going to do it by looking at one of my favorite stories from the life of Jesus. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories since I was a kid. Uh, and it's found actually in Matthew chapter 9. It's this story of an invitation of the most unexpected person who then goes on to invite the most unexpected people to experience Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible if you've got one and turn to Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter nine. It's page 790, right here in this room, if you're here, there should be a Soul City Bible right under your seat or on your armrest. Grab one of those, you can turn to Matthew nine, page 790 if you're with us online. You can open up a separate tab or open up your phone or whatever to turn to Matthew chapter nine. Now let me give you some quick context as to where we're at in the life and the ministry of Jesus in Matthew 9. We're actually early on in his ministry. And what we see him doing in this chapter is Jesus is actually assembling the Avengers. He's, he's getting the team. He's putting the band together. You know what I mean? He's forming his inner circle that we would come to call his disciples. And I just, before we get, I just want you to think about that for a second. If you had a mission from God to redeem the entire world and you had to put a squad together to do that, (laughs) who would you want in that team? Who would you want in that circle? You'd probably want some leaders, maybe some business leaders, some leaders in the community. You'd probably want some biblical scholars. Like if it's a mission from God, you're gonna wanna make sure someone at least knows how to read the Bible in your group. You're probably gonna want someone who's good with explosives because you never know. Like you're gonna wanna put together, you don't know, you just don't know. So you wanna put together that team. Well, whoever it is that you would put together to change the world, Jesus chose the exact opposite as you. He chose the people that no one expected to carry out the mission of the kingdom of God in this world. And that's exactly what we see in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. So let's jump there together. Matthew 9, verse 9. It says, as Jesus went on, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. And I love this. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. That's about (laughs) as easy as it ever is gonna get. Jesus just literally walks up and goes, hey. He's like, yeah. Follow me. Okay. And he just, that's literally what, that's what happens here. And I just, I just wish it happened like that. Remember when we were starting the church? It did not happen. We were starting this church and we just said, hey, start a church of those. And people like, okay, that would have been so, for those of you who have toddlers, parents of toddlers, how great would it be if you just said, hey, stop that. They went, you know what? You're right. I'm going to (laughs) stop. Stop punching my brother. Makes sense. That's literally what happens here. He says, follow me. And he follows him. Now, it's important to note, though, that some of the context, and specifically the cultural context in that moment, it's easy to miss how powerful this invitation is, Jesus making room for someone like Matthew, because Matthew was, as we just saw in the text, a tax collector, and they had about, tax collectors had about as much love in their day as the IRS has in our day today. It's pretty much the same, because tax collectors in that day were, were Jewish folks who actually collected taxes off of their own people and in fact would skim off of the top so they would charge them all kinds of ridiculous taxes just to fatten their own 
pockets. So they were not loved in their society. You can imagine you're riding across town on, on, on your donkey and a tax collector could stop you at any moment and say, hold up, hold up, just pull over. And ask you to pull out all of the contents of your donkey glove box and then begin to tax you for each of the items in your donkey glove box. And then right there on the spot, they could charge you a road repair tax and then they could charge you a donkey emissions tax. And then they could charge you for actually tying your donkey to a post. They would charge you for that. And then they would charge you for every hour that your donkey was parked at the post. And this actually sounds a lot like Chicago, doesn't it? This is not, we don't have, that's not hard to imagine. We got this one. Thank you, Jesus, for making it so clear to us. So this is who Jesus chooses to be his disciple. This is who Jesus chooses to be his friend. He says, mm. there's room for you, friend. Yeah. Come on in. There's room for you. I want you to be a part of what God's doing to change the world. No wonder Matthew said yes right away. Mm. You'd choose someone like me. You'd invite someone like me. And so he gets up and he kind of locks his little tax collecting booth up and walks away and spends the rest of his life following Jesus. Yeah, and Jesus choosing somebody like Matthew, it is a big deal. Because in so many ways, it's an encouragement for those of us who feel like we are too much of a mess for God to do anything with us, right? Like, we, we are the ones that don't have it all together. We're the ones that don't have all the answers. We're the ones that think, I need to get better before I can do better. Mm -hmm. But you see, Jesus, Jesus over and over and over again, Jesus says yes, even when your life is a mess. Yeah. This is what is true of the gospel. This is what is true of the character of, of who Jesus is. Jesus says yes when you don't have it all figured out. Jesus says yes when you still have questions and doubts. Yeah. Listen, Jesus says yes to you when you still have some skeletons in your closet. Mm -hmm. Jesus makes room for those who've made mistakes because this is what is true about Jesus. Jesus always says yes. Jesus says yes to you and to me even when we make mistakes. Yeah. This is the heart of who Jesus is. Yeah, and we, and we see it, we, we're gonna see that a little bit play out a little bit more here because th this isn't the end of the story. That would be enough, right? If just Matthew chapter nine, you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus would choose someone like this despised tax collector, surely there's room for me at the table. That would be enough, but that's not the end of the story mm -hmm. because the text tells us that later that night, Jesus was actually invited to a party at Matthew's house in his honor and all of Matthew's friends were actually there at the party as well. So let's keep reading in Matthew 9, verse 10. It says this, while Jesus was actually having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors, and what's the next word, and? Sinners. Sinners, you have to say that with extra S's on that. Sinners <laughs> came and ate with him and his disciples. Now let's be honest, when you are someone like Matthew, a tax collector in that culture, in that day, your contact list is shady at best. Like the people who are willing to be friends with you, not at the top of the list, okay? That's who's at the party. And he says, no, come, come, come. You have to see. This one who invited me, I'm inviting you mm. to come and see and experience him. Now, I love the context. You have to get who's at this party. There's an the older translation of the Bible called the Weymouth New Testament. And this is what it says. I love this. It says, while Jesus was reclining at the table, a large number of tax gatherers, and what does it say? And... Notorious. Notorious sinners. That puts a lot more emphasis on it. Notorious sinners were there with him and his disciples. You Listen, you have to be really good at sinning 
to be notorious at it. These folks were no, no, notorious sinners. That's, like, they, they, like they were blue check verified at sinning. Like they, they had all the qualifications to be top shelf sinners. And that's who's at the party with Jesus. And there is Jesus right in the middle of them all. It's not at church. Hmm. It's not at the temple. He's not on the hillside. He's at the party. Hmm. He's in the middle of it. He's at the table with them. Right there in the middle of Matthew's house. I think the reason, I think the reason why I love this story so much, I think what's going on here is because I think somewhere Matthew did the math in his head or in his heart and he began to see if this Jesus would make room for me, surely he'd make room for my mm. friends. Yeah. If he'd say yes to someone like me, surely he'd say yes to people like them. And so what did Matthew do? Matthew made room for them. He made room for his friends, yeah. people who probably assumed they were too far gone yeah. for God to do anything in their life. Mm -hmm. He made room for them to be in the room with Jesus. And this is what I love about this story. Don't miss this. What Jesus did for Matthew, Matthew did for his friends. Did the same exact thing. Earlier in the day, what Jesus did for Matthew, follow me, he did with his friends. Hey, trust me. Hmm. Trust me. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. This is actually what Matthew is, is showing us is, is an incredibly human impulse that we have. We actually all already do this with so many things in our life. Think about it. When, when, when you really love something, what do you want to do? You share it with others. It's just the truth about all of us. We share what we love with who we love, don't we? Mm -hmm. We share what we love with whoever it is that we love, whatever it is that you are really into. I want you to think about it this moment. Like what's something you're really, 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 really into? My hunch is you've probably told others about it, like to a level that's more annoying than you realize. And they love you too much. They'll just, they'll just let you keep on talking about it. Think about it. Whatever it is that you're really, really, like, like if you're really into a show right now, maybe you're really watching a show that you love. My hunch is you've told your friends, you got to watch the show. It's so good. I'll come watch it with you for the fourth time. Like you really are into it. Or maybe you, you read an article that's really impactful. Oh, you got, and you share it, right? You text it on to someone, email, hey, you got to read this. This is so good. You got to read this. Or a podcast that you listen to. Oh my gosh, you got to listen to this. This is so, so good. We, we repost people's posts. Things that people shared about their life, we share with others. I mean, we are so, think about like when you come across a, a new favorite restaurant, you got it like a new place that you really love and you feel like you've just discovered gold, like God opened up the heavens and showed you this one restaurant that you love so much. What do you want to do? You want to tell others about it. I mean, unless you don't want to like cramp the vibe and have too many people there, you tell other people about it. And in fact, I know this to be true because this happened last week. Last Sunday, Fabi, after church, our worship leader was like, dude, you got to trust me. I just had some steak tacos that changed my life. <laughs> and I've never, Fabi has never steered me wrong when it comes to steak tacos. My favorite tacos have been recommended by Fabi. And she goes, there's a, there's a place that I just found. It's right by your house, actually. It's called Gringo and Blondie. You've got to go there. Best steak taco you will ever have. It will change your life. And I was like, thank you, Fabi. You're a little passionate about that. Thank you. So much. And I, you know, I just kind of tucked that away. Like, oh, we should check that out sometime. Well, on Tuesday, when we came back to work after the break, first thing Fabi says to me, did you go? Have you gone? I'm like, girl, I just, I was, no, I haven't gone. She's like, you've got to go. And here's what you need to order. And then told me exactly what to order. Here's the dessert you need to make sure you get the churros and make sure you get the chocolate sauce and the caramel sauce. Basically, she told me exactly what to do on Tuesday. And guess what our family had for dinner on Tuesday night? 
We had those steak tacos, and she's not wrong. My life is forever changed by them. <laughs> now, what was she doing there? It's what Matthew was doing. It's what we all do. We share what we love with the people that we love. In fact, here's something that's so crazy to even consider. Odds are you may be here in this room or you may be worshiping with us online because someone loved you enough and loved this place and these people enough to share it with you. Yeah. Someone somewhere at some mm -hmm. point probably said, you should go. Mm -hmm. You moved here. Hey, does anyone know any good churches? Yeah, you know what? You should go. There's good people. It's not mm -hmm. a perfect church. Good people. Mm. Someone cared about you and cared about this place and these people to share it with you. Yeah. They did for you what Matthew did for his friends. Why? Because we share what we love with who we love. That's just what we do. Yeah, yeah. But as we'll see in the story, not everyone shares. <laughs> now, all true. the parents of toddlers just said amen, amen, right? Not everyone shares. There are always those that try to hoard or try to hold on to a good thing. In fact, the text actually tells us that at this exact same party, there were some religious leaders who, who had kind of spent their life actually avoiding parties. They decided to come and to crash this party. And it literally says in, in verse 11 that when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners, <laughs> right? Now look closely because who's their problem with? Their problems with Jesus, right? Their problems with Jesus, but they're complaining about it to his disciples. This is some of the earliest moments of, of church gossip, right? <laughs> Where you talk about someone instead of talking to them, right? But they make the mistake that the person they're talking about is Jesus. He sees all things. He hears all things. And literally in verse 12, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Hmm. Jesus sums up the heart of the gospel in that one sentence. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God's not looking for perfection. He has always been about transformation. He loves notorious sinners <laughs> like you and like me. God has always and will always make room for those that have spent so much of their lives making room for things other than God. Yeah. And God invites us to do the same. God invites us to do the same, to make room for others. And it's amazing to consider. It's amazing to consider all the people that were at that party with Jesus. They may have never, ever come to know Jesus. Yeah. They may have never had an opportunity to be in his midst, to follow him, if Matthew hadn't made room for them. And this is what Jesus is and who he calls us to be. Yeah, this, that, this is the life that we're actually invited to, uh, by Jesus into. It's, it's an invitational life. It's a shared life where, where we do exactly what we, we see here. We share what we love. And if you love God or you care about God, then it's actually only natural that you'd want to share that, that you'd want to share that with the people that you actually care about, a life where you're not just solely uh, 
concerned or at times consumed with yourself, you know? Because I think it's so easy to do, right? Like, well, what's in it for me? Hmm. What's God going to do for me? Or maybe like, what does this church have for me? And I get, I totally get that. I mean, you heard Steph and Brandon a little bit ago talk about all the different types of groups that we're launching today. And they're amazing. There's groups for men. There's groups for women. There's groups for parents. There's groups for singles. There's groups for working folks. There's groups on Tuesday night. There's groups on Thursday night. There's groups at 5 a.m. in the morning. There's all kinds of different groups. And we want everyone to be connected to someone. We want everyone to be in a group. And we have things here at our church that we do for kids, so many amazing things that we do for kids, that we do for families, that we do for singles, that we do for professionals. All those things are wonderful and meaningful and important, but it can be so easy at times to think that all of this is all about me. Mm-hmm. So easy to think that all this is here for me. What can I get out of it? What's in it for me? That's just a part of our American Western mindset. And the life that Jesus invites us into is bigger than that. It's better than that. It says, yeah, yeah, all of this, not just for you, mm-hmm. but for others too, mm-hmm. for others as well. And forgive us as a church if we ever make it all about you. That's not actually at the heart of the gospel. What we just heard Jesus say is that, no, 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 I've not come for all the folks who've got it figured out. I've come for the messes and notorious sinners like me, like me. And I don't ever want our church to actually miss that, that there are people that you have in your life, there's people that I have in my life, relationships that God has put there for a reason, Mm -hmm. that there's actually a purpose to their proximity. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about that? That there are some people that God has put into your life, relationships for a reason. Their proximity actually has purpose to it. I I think for me, you know, we talk about um, we share the, the, the things that we care about. And um, I don't know if, if you noticed, but I'm really into swimming. Uh, in fact, I'm so into it, it's worth unfollowing me on Instagram. Because <laughs> it's obnoxious. I really, really, really love it. And there's someone that over the course of the summer that I've built a friendship with and a relationship with that I see every time I swim. And we've gotten past sort of the surfacey stuff, you know, and we've started talking about our families and started talking about our backgrounds a little bit. And, and for me, what, what I have to realize is, could it be that God has put this person in my life with this proximity for a purpose? Mm-hmm. And it I, I really convicted me yesterday when I was swimming because I knew what we were going to be talking about today. And I said, oh God, have I missed, have I missed opportunities? Have, have I missed moments to share what you're doing in my life with this person? I have no idea what you might be doing in their life, but I know what you're doing in mine. Mm. And I don't want to miss any moment or any relationship that you have in my life for a reason. I know, I know that there are a few that God has put around you to do what Matthew did. Hmm. I know for a fact that there are a few that God's put around you to do what Matthew did, to share what you love with people that you actually love and care about. And you know, what we long to be true in our lives is that we would never invite anyone to do what we aren't doing ourselves. As, as the pastors of this church, um, we long for it to be true. We long for what, what we are known for as people is that our insides match our outsides. That's what integrity is, integrity. We're committed as best as we can to practicing what we preach, and we are far, far, far from perfect. 
And the truth is, as Jarrett and I were writing this message this week, we felt God lovingly do what God loves to do <laughs> in our lives, and he just started poking. Does God do this yeah. with you? Right? It's, it's loving. It, start, it starts ever so gently, right? Like, hey, <laughs> hey, you're, you're preaching on this. Are you living like this? And God just lovingly was pushing in and poking in the most God-like way. And we just both paused and realized, you know, with so many shifts and pivots from the last couple years, leading through a season, unlike a season we've ever led through, trying to figure out how to get through a pandemic and then lead beyond a pandemic, trying to shepherd people and care for people and navigate through our own losses and our own changes, moving, being up to our eyeballs in, in literal, literal boxes. boxes, right? Over this last year, making sure our kids felt connected in their new schools and making sure we were a part of our community. We felt God just lovingly whisper in to us, hey, but, but are you making room for others? I see that you've made room for, for all these, these things, but are you making room for others? And here's what I know to be true. We both have people in our lives that we love and that we care about, people that we've built relationships with, but we've been making room for a whole lot of other things, yeah. good things important things, and it's really easy. It's really easy to go through the motions. It's really easy to do a lot of Jesus-y looking things, friends, and to miss one of the most central parts of who Jesus is. He makes room. Yeah. He makes room. You know, right after the last service, I was out in the lobby and I was, I was talking to a couple that, that, that made sure that they came right up to me and they said, hey, we're Ryan and we're Amanda and, and these are our neighbors, Matt and Val, and they literally invited us to church today. This is our very first time here. And Amanda, who, who was here for the first time, she said, and just so you know, I'm a lot like that guy, Matthew. I'm a tax attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I just thought, yeah, this, is it. This, this is it. Matt and Val are making room for Ryan and Amanda. Yeah. And then he said, I'm coming to Alf on Tuesday. <laughs> and you guys are serving food at that street fest? I'm coming back for that today. <laughs> Somebody made room for them. Here's what I know to be true. Somebody made room for you. Yeah. Somebody made room for you. Betty, somebody made room for you, didn't they? Tito, somebody made room for you, didn't they? Yeah. Baird, somebody made room for you, didn't they? I could go through this entire auditorium. Somebody at some point made room for you. They made room for you. Mary, Josh, somebody made room for you, didn't they? And that is the call of God on our lives, friends. That's what Jesus shows us in this story, that we are invited to do the same. 
We are invited to be people who make room. So what we want to do is invite, maybe even push a little challenge, each of us to be about that this week in our own lives, in our own relationships, to, to do what we see Matthew doing here, to do what we've seen others do for us in our lives, to see purpose and the proximity of the relationships that God has put in our life for a reason. And what we want to ask you to do is to just prayerfully this week, just prayerfully consider who are the few that God's put around you? Hmm. Just to really think about it. Who are the few that God has actually put around you? Who is it for you? Who are the relationships maybe that matter most to you? Or, or maybe it's who are the relationships you spend the most amount of time with? Who's God most putting on your heart right now? Could be a family member. For you, it might be a family member. Maybe for you, it's someone at, at work, whether in person or you see them digitally or virtually every day. Maybe it's a roommate for you and you've kind of had one type of relationship but you realize, and I want to make room for a deeper, maybe more connected spiritual component to our friendship. Maybe it's someone you see regularly at the gym, you know, like I was telling my story, or maybe it's your barista that you see every day. You've talked and connected, but maybe what would it look like for you to make room for those few that God has actually put around you to tangibly make room for them, to make room this week to actually pray for them, to pray for them, to make room to, to actually invite them to join you maybe on a Sunday or an Alpha, to make room for a spiritual conversation with them. What would that look like for you? I know, I know, I know. Our lives are so full. I know our lives feel so overwhelmed. I get it. Mine does too. I absolutely get it. There's so many things going on. But you just never know. That person, those friends, that few, they may be one ask away one conversation away, one little nudge, one little act of courage on your part away from some kind of yes, yes. to Jesus. That's right. Maybe it's a yes to coming with you. Maybe it's a, a yes to letting you pray for them. Maybe it's a yes to a deeper conversation with them. They may be one ask away. And so what we want to do is we want to make this as, as personal and as practical for you as possible this week. We're gonna ask you to actually carve out time this week, two minutes at two o'clock for two people. I'm calling it two, two, at two. I just made that up, but that's what we're gonna call it. From here on out, it will always be known as two, two, at two. Here's what we're gonna do. You're going to write down at some point today, two names in your calendar at two o'clock that you're going to stop your day for and pray for. Whatever's going on. Oh man, I'm usually in a meeting. Cool. You can just quietly in your heart. You're already checked out anyway. So it's while you're while you're there, you know, let's just use that, redeem that time, right? Oh, I got the, I got the kids. Cool. Maybe just for two minutes, you can say, hey, just just a second, just a second. I want you to specifically put two names, two actual names that God has put in your heart, part of the few that God has put around you. To every day this week, our church, every day this week. Here in Chicago, wherever you may be joining us across the country and around the world, we're all going to stop together for a couple minutes to pray for two people at two o'clock. We're gonna pray that God would make a way. Mm. We're gonna pray that God would make, uh, give us the courage to make some room. Mm -hmm. Pray for them by name. Pray for them specifically. Pray for that God would open up an opportunity for you. Pray for whatever God brings to your heart for just two people this weekend. 
I just, I wonder what God might want to move in and through your life and your relationship with them as you clear all of the clutter of all the other important things to make some room for them. This is a small and, and simple way for us to do that, for us to share with the people that we really actually care about. And I really hope, I really hope that at some point today you write that down and do that because that's going to be a fun thing for us to do together as a church. Yeah. Well, we're going to move into a time of worship. I want to invite you to stand and, and I want to pray for us as we move into this time. Um, and you know, I, I long for us, Soul City. What's true of, of this church from, from where it started is that we have always been a church. We've always been a church that's been called to make room. This is who we've been, and this is who we will continue to be. A church that makes room for the hurting, a church that makes room for those with questions, a church that makes room for those who, who never thought they would be in a church, a church that makes room for the notorious sinners, right? This is who we are. Because God made room for you, we get to make room for others. So I just wanna invite you to open up your hands as we pray and, and move into a time of worship. And Jesus, we just uh, bring to mind these two friends, these two family members, these two people maybe that we work with or we see at the gym or that live in our apartment complex that, that we've been friends with for a really, really long time. And Jesus, thank you first and foremost, that you love them. You love them so much more than we ever could. God, would you help us to clear away all the things that we tend to make so important, the, the things that we clutter up our lives with, God, and would you help us to become people that make room for you and make room for others, God. May this be true of us. And God, as you make it true of this church, I pray that you would make it true of this city. A city that's so often known for its, its division and what's broken. And I pray that you would use a little handful of people in the West Loop of Chicago, God, to write a different story. Yes. To write a new story. And we love you. We love what you're doing in our lives. And we say, have your way, God have your way. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.